the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning, hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good holy Sunday morning with God. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, God. It is your day, isn't it? And isn't it this exciting? Bereshit in the beginning. In the beginning is the very first word of the Bible. Dr. Jack, I want to welcome you again on this uh, show. Today we're going to be talking about vaccine and abortion. But uh, first of all, um, let us praise the Lord with uh, some prayer to offer this holy day together to the Lord for safety, for peace, and for joy. Let us now begin our morning prayer. Blessed be the name of the Lord, now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And now, Doctor, I have a little surprise inspired by the historical visit that for the very, very first time in the history of Christianity, the Pope of Rome goes to Iraq and visit. And next episode, I promise we're going to have a full episode consecrated to the understanding, the value, the mission, and the achievements and the possibilities of what the Pope um, achieved during that visit. But I like us to offer the prayer of the Our Father. And guess what? I will chant it in a Syro-Aramaic language of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think people would like that? We'll find out. <laughs> Let's find out. Please People, pray the Our Father in your own language, in your heart, but uh, allow me to pray it with you um, over um, this beautiful, beautiful show in the Syro-Aramaic language of our Lord. <laughs> I cannot bash my of barrow. Hablan lahmut sun conan yaumono. Washbuklan haubain wahtohai. 
أي كانوا ضعف إحنا نشبقن الحياة وبعيد على النسيون إلو فاصون من بيشومت ولدي لوخي ملكوت وحيلو تشبوحت العلم علمين آه This was the Our Father prayer in the Syro-Aramaic language of our Lord Jesus Christ, pronounced on this good Sunday morning with Father Andre in honor of the visit of the Holy Father, the historical visit that happened to Iraq between March 5 and March 8. I want to welcome all of you today on this uh, show of Good Sunday Morning. And today our guest again is Dr. Jack Zamora, the CEO of uh, the Vitro Biopharma Company. Dr. Jack, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Doctor, the elephant is in a room. Some people do not want to see Christianity as a possible remedy. And today... This past week, and uh, we have seen uh, Pope Francis taking a very courageous move, going to visit Iraq for the very first time in the history of humanity, in the history of the Christian religion, since the time of Abraham, the father of um, monotheism, the religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the Pope of Rome, after million and a half Christians were forced out of Iraq, hundreds of thousands of victims of ISIS, including Yazidis, Kurds, Christians, minority Shias in areas, and other Sunnis in other areas, and just people all around Iraq. Iraq is left with two million widows, five million orphans, Iraq is left in about 230,000 or at least less than 300,000 Christians in it. The Pope of Rome goes to Iraq and he's astounded and he's speechless when he saw the ruins and uh, the stones told him about the hate of a brother killing brother in the name of God. Falsely, of course. But I know you're not from the region. I am from the region. But I know you're from South America and you understand the geopolitical situations in that part of the world. If I were to ask you, what would the feeling of South America be today if the Pope went and visited Venezuela, for instance? This is how important what I want to tell you, the visit of Pope Francis of Iraq. It is as almost as if he went today, today, as murky as the situation is, and he visited the people in Venezuela. Your thoughts on this? Well, I think uh, a visit by the Pope would be a reminder uh, that in the, the gravest of times that we really uh, need to look to God. And uh, it's just wonderful that he's doing that. And God is present, right? Mm-hmm. You know, doctor, we have, uh, there is 280 million Christians persecuted in the world. 80% of humanity actually suffer from the lack of religious freedom one way or the other what do you think about our life in america we do have these choices we can freely deny god if we wanted to right we can freely deny faith if we wanted can we freely deny vaccine (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a complex question. That's the elephant in the yeah. room, doctor. The um, choices over yeah. humanity. So, so right now you can, I think. Uh, but will things change uh, as the majority of the population is vaccinated and hopefully herd immunity comes um, uh, or as the virus continues to um, spread and herd immunity comes, eventually we hope that the virus will die down. But that question of whether or not I should take the virus is a very personal question. Um, and as always, uh, we need to make uh, some of our decisions in life based on our faith. And I can understand why some people um, are deciding to hold off on that vaccine just because of their lack of faith in the amount of science that's involved in the development or creation and long-term consequences of this vaccine. And others might uh, be questioning in terms of their faith regarding where these vaccines came from and whether or not they're using uh, fetal cell lines. Uh, and so there's, it's, it's a complex question. It is a complex question. Is there um, um, a road that is really the right path to take? Can a government, for instance, you said it, there are two elements here. There is our religious freedom, but also there is our faith in that vaccine at the same time, and especially that all of these vaccines have been now allowed under emergency code, right? Only under emergency code. They're not yet proven. Is that my understanding? I'm just an average person. I do not understand. Sure. Well, the, the FDA uh, will deem something uh, as, as safe first. And once it's deemed as being safe, then it'll be allowed to have an emergency investigational new drug title to it. Uh, there are other situations where um, the full studies haven't been completed yet, but the patient is in such dire uh, circumstances that they will be given, for example, a stem cell therapy as that last hope, uh, compassionate use um, approval. So it, it, it's um, the vaccine is in between the the emergency use uh, authorization. However, not with the years and years of outcomes and safety that we have typically been accustomed to with respect to vaccines and other medications. Yes, I understand, but the vaccine is to prevent, actually, correct. Correct. Not to treat. Am, no, I, am I misunderstanding it? Correct. To prevent or to decrease the, the hospitalization rate or mortality. And meanwhile, until we have more clarity, scientific clarity, we do have ways to treat COVID. And you included yourself. You have used it yourself in your company. And God bless you for doing that. You even use the stem cell to actually treat very severely affected patients who are almost dying um, from the coronavirus. So there are other treatments to treat the actual patients. Are these treatments given equal importance now with this administration, with the, I'm, I'm talking the medical administration, I'm talking the World Organization for Health. Are they given those enough attention or they're just focusing on the vaccine and why? Well, I, I think the shift has been greatly tilted towards the vaccine, uh, not as much as treatments. And uh, maybe it has to do with the fact that the treatments haven't been as successful, given the mortality rate in the U.S., uh, breaking 500,000 people. Um, but there are treatments like plasma, like remdesivir, like uh, and, and even, even some of the uh, uh, stem cell treatments stem that have been given out yeah, around the country. Uh, and so, uh, again, but those are very, very few in number. And... Um, uh, maybe that's why, or just lack of, of awareness. I know it's just now that we're being uh, given the opportunity to release some information regarding uh, some of the products that we're actually creating in Ad Vitro Biopharma. I see, you know, me as a man of faith, uh, as a priest, uh, as a person um, where people come and ask me, Father, what should I do? 
you know, and, and I really, I want to know because um, everybody wants to be safe. Everybody wants to work for the love of God and the love of the neighbor. Um, and I, and I do believe this was a strategy. Um, of the Vatican statement months ago when the Vatican made the statement and they said it is the moral obligation of Catholics and of, I do believe, of Christians or of any human being to care for our neighbor. So um, knowing that the vaccines have not yet been fully tested based on risk factors, we know that they work, it seems. But even working, they say they might work for three months, six months, but it doesn't mean you won't get sick again with the coronavirus. In fact, now scientifically, taking the vaccine, what does it achieve now? What is it taking the vaccine achieving now? Well, it depends on which vaccine, uh, but it's decreasing your um, uh, hospitalization potential uh, and ultimately decreasing your mortality potential. Okay, but does it uh, help the person from the risks of these vaccines? Do we know? Like, like what's going to happen to these patients? And yes, three to and these six patients who are taking the vaccines, actually. Mm-hmm. Whether they were exposed yeah. or they were very healthy and they went, they took the two shots of vaccines, I believe, right? Within 14 days, they take the first one, then the next one. Mm-hmm. Do we know what risks they might suffer from? Well, we're starting to. You know, there can be little allergic responses, uh, large anaphylactic reactions. Uh, there have been uh, some cases of deaths reported. Uh, but the information is tough to tease out because the initial group of patients who had the vaccine were the older population who are going to have a certain number of deaths just because of the age-related issues that, are, that exist. Um, as we start treating the 30 to 60-year-olds, I think we'll learn a lot more. Now we're seeing, in, in our field in particular, we're seeing patients come back with inflammation of their faces from uh, having had the vaccine when they previously had a filler two years ago. And now they're developing these these um, re- weird reactions. Now, granted, they're limited and self-resolving, but uh, you're right. We, we don't know everything regarding these vaccines. So as long as we don't know, again, hold that thought, doctor. For those who are just joining us, this is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Now we are conversing with Dr. Jack Zamora again about the vaccine and uh, uh, abortion. Uh, Dr. Jack, with that last um, thought that you just said, knowing um, many states are reopening, it seems, right? We've mm-hmm. been hearing week after week, day after day, and they're saying no more masks, no more masks, or they're lifting that, that, that provision of having to have the mask as a mandatory rule. Is this related to the vaccine? Because these states have received enough vaccination. They did the herd um, immunity, basically, or it's not related? Well, as I understand it, the decisions are based on uh, on numbers. And so when uh, the numbers are such that they're uh, much lower than the national average, then if the initial um, reason for doing masks in isolation was to uh, curb or control the, the incidence of infection, if you've accomplished that, then is it time to go ahead and um, and change or change. follow or not follow your strategy? Hard to say. Uh, but uh, the numbers are going down, it seems. However, um, unfortunately, having been around for many years on this planet, we know, we know vaccines, uh, excuse me, we know um, flu or viral infections keep coming every year. Right. So, they keep repeating. Exactly. And and so they mutate as well, right? Yeah, and they can have mutations. They can have mutations. Um, doctor, do we have any statistics or did your company do any interesting statistics to show whether or not the vaccines were a reason to bring down the curve, basically, to turn down the curve of the actual, the, the curve, the curve 
of the actual uh, coronavirus spread or it wasn't really related or we don't have yet that information. Well, I think we're going to have more information as time goes along as a greater uh, proportion or population is treated with the vaccine to be able to make a statement regarding that. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I have a um, question for you a little bit related to um, um, our work as well. Um, um, I, I, I know you're a man who fears the Lord, um, but you are not a professional churchman by no means. Um, so I have to ask you the same question. I asked John Madved the very first time I met him. You know, I call him John the Beloved, who carries his name because um, God and somehow is kind, tender, and God remembers. John remembers always the poor. John remembers always the oppressed. John always remembered the less fortunate. John always remembered the mission of hope and mercy and the people um, um, in Lebanon suffering and in the Middle East. John remembers this nation. He honestly cares for its people, all of them together. I'm not patronizing him, but I'm speaking a word of truth about John Medved. And the same thing Peter Boyles. Peter Boyles take, got out of his um, uh, own way. He goes with me to the Middle East to help and to assist and bring in awareness about the persecution, the Christians in the Middle East, who are now terribly with all other people, specifically in Lebanon now. The coronavirus is spread in an unbelievable way. On daily basis, there is over 3,000 people affected, patients actually being, being, being really sick with the coronavirus. There is at least about uh, 80 to 100 deaths on daily basis, Dr. Jack. And the mission of Hope and Mercy is trying to do a lot to be able to help, to assist in relieving those people, helping these people. Doctor, my question to you, is there a way to help these people as a non-for-profit? What can we give these people as far as vaccine goes? Because there is a lot of politics, there is a lot of corruption, and the vaccine is not available for these people. Um, treatments, for instance. How can we from the United States help those people? What can you do? And thank you for allowing us as well. You're such a great sponsor for the show. You are doing already allowing us raising awareness about the situation. What would the people in nations that they don't have access to vaccine do? How can we save their lives? Well, we have been treating some patients with Alarex around the country, uh, and it's been uh, very successful in terms of the, the delivery of the treatment. And we've reached out to countries um, outside of the U.S., uh, and maybe we can reach out to Lebanon and see if – the ministries of health there would um, open up the doors for Alorex to be used as a uh, as a potential treatment for those patients. That would be great, Dr. Jack, and I want to encourage all of our listeners uh, to assist and to help us uh, by assisting your efforts and the mission of Hope and Mercy to really assist these people in Lebanon through the efforts of the Mission of Hope and Mercy, talking about, we are with Dr. Jack Zamora, um, who's helping us understand the, the vaccine situation and the abortion situation in the United States and how can we treat uh, people safely um, according to their faith and according to scientific um, information uh, to be caring for themselves, their bodies, and also for their neighbors and to stop the spread of this coronavirus. Um, on the phone, we have Dr. Susan Childress giving us updates from uh, the work of the Mission of Hope and Mercy that we have been doing, the campaign that we called Feed a Family Save a Nation campaign that we started at Christmas of 2020. Uh, Dr. Susan, we're looking forward to hear your update. Uh, good early morning to you, Dr. Susan. Good morning, Father. Would you please so give just, us some um, updates? Yeah, so just since um, since Christmas, we've actually raised about $35,000 to help the people of Lebanon 
um, one of the major things that we've done is distributed food boxes. Um, and we've been able to distribute 1,045 boxes during this time um, to people that really are starving there. Um, another thing that we've done that's been very helpful with the situation of the coronavirus is we've been able to provide um, four oxygen concentrators. And those actually, you know, can be used to provide oxygen to people in need. It takes, it basically allows the oxygen to be removed from the ambient air and provided to these people. And, and multiple people can benefit from these these oxygen concentrators. And oxygen is a big problem in Lebanon. Um, it's very scarce to be able to provide this to those people so that's what we've done so far for um, our campaign. There have been some other things as well that we've done um, as well, but those are the, the major things. Thanks, Doctor. And we can always encourage people to go to uh, missionofhopeandmercy.org, missionofhopeandmercy.org to help uh, with our campaign. May I ask you, what are our immediate needs now? What are the immediate needs for the Mission of Hope and Mercy? What is coming next within a month or two? What do we need? Well, it goes along with the same sort of process that we've done so far, actually. We're planning to provide six additional oxygen machines or oxygen concentrators to the Red Cross and the Civil Defense Agency in Lebanon so that they can assist the people of Lebanon throughout the coronavirus pandemic there. Um, We also are planning to provide more food for people. Um, We have about 500 families in Mount Lebanon that we intend to help. Um, This is an appeal from the bishop of the Syriac Orthodox Church there. There are about 850 families from the district of Jabal um, through an appeal by the Maronite bishop there. And then there are 500 families from the the Lebanese Artists and Actors Union who are, are are in need of food, and we we are planning to provide um, these these families with food also. So it's twenty six dollars per box, and yeah. we provide one box per family, and that provides food for a month. And so um, so it's a major undertaking, but those are our our immediate plans. Um, and doctor, what is the total cost for this major undertaking that we need the people to be aware if they want to help the mission of hope and mercy? I know it's twenty six dollars um, uh, per like per family, 52, right? Yeah, it's about fifty two thousand altogether. About sixty five hundred dollars for the oxygen, about thirteen thousand dollars for each of the five hundred family efforts, and then twenty two thousand one hundred dollars for the um, eight hundred and fifty families in Jabal. So altogether, it's around 52000 maybe um, a little bit over. Well, I, I, I want to thank you, Dr. Susan. The last thing I want to I wanna ask you to just convey to, to our people, to our donors, about the way we do our protocol. We don't help people unless we have real contacts, right? We have the real names. Can you tell us a little bit that's more right. about how we gather information? Yeah, that's right. We work with the bishops uh, and, and in Lebanon for the, for the families that are related to the church. And they provide the the names of the family, so we actually know exactly who is benefiting from from um, our efforts. And again, these are the bishops that know these families, and this is this is what they tell us um, as far as that goes. Um, and then for the for the um, Lebanese Artists and Actors Union, we're working with the president of that union there. And again, it's the same situation that we are obtaining names of families, so we know who is getting um, these food boxes. So almost two thousand families are together, and I know they are Christians, they are Muslims, they are Lebanese, they are Iraqi, they are Syrians, they are the refugees that. Pope 
Pope uh, Francis spoke about. Actually, he thanked Lebanon and highlighted it. Next episode, we'll bring you back, Dr. Susan. And um, we thank you. appreciate all of your care, you and the team of the Mission of Hope and Mercy here and in Lebanon. Um, um, again, uh, thank you, Dr. Susan, and you may have a wonderful Sunday morning. Thank you, Father. Bye-bye. Dr. Jack, uh, this was an update uh, from uh, Dr. Susan. Um, and the last uh, question I like to ask you for um, today, um, you know, the Vatican came out um, with a statement uh, mentioning the statement that the U.S. Catholic bishops have made about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine not being Christian. Um, any thoughts about that? Uh, well, it it is made uh, from retinal cells from a fetus, so uh, it is different in that. Unlike the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the uh, Johnson Johnson vaccine is is made from uh, that cell line, um, whereas the Pfizer and Moderna ones were used. Uh, the cells were used to study the vaccine, so there is a difference there. Um, I know we're working on using one from stem cells from the umbilical cord, so we stay away from any. Um, fetal cell lines, fetal tissue, aborted tissue, anything like that. So there is controversy in science still. There is uh, more safe vaccines, there is less safe vaccines, more moral vaccines, less moral vaccines. Um, it's relative almost. And science has become relative, didn't it? Well, it's been relative since the uh, what, theory of relativity, I guess. Wow. Well, with <laughs> that, we still want to care for the love of God, for the love of the neighbor, and Christians have to make the right courageous move and position. Again, we want to thank you, everybody. I want us to pray together today. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you who love her. Rejoice with joy, you who have been in sorrow, that you may exalt and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. May God bless you all on this holy Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.